Beloved, the light, the light will expose. It will expose. And it's humbling when that happens. Don't you hate it when you get exposed? New Life. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church on the outskirts of beautiful Ridgeway, Virginia. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue a teaching that we began last week. Actually, we're going to try to wrap this up. It's one that deals with the issue of light and dark. Light and dark. Our text passage is John chapter 1. I'm going to read a verse from that here in just a moment. But before I do, let me suggest to you, before one can be accepting of the light which the Word offers, you have to be aware of your own darkness. Now this is a, a critical key issue because there are so many. If you'd suggest to them they're walking in darkness, they'd say, what are you talking about? They do not have a clue. And I'm talking spiritual darkness. Before you can be accepting of the light, you have to recognize your own darkness. Go with me to uh, John chapter 1, the gospel of John, St. John chapter 1, verse number 5. The record puts it this way, the light shines in the darkness. Listen, but the darkness has not understood it. The light shines, but the darkness has not understood it. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now, and I pray in the name of Jesus, by whatever means they're listening, whether live or later, that by your word you would speak to hearts. Lord, help us to know and understand that in our darkness we can be in receipt of your light and live that light for all eternity. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. That's okay. There's a lot of things people don't like today that they need to know, and this certainly is one of them. Matthew chapter 8, if you want to write this down, I'm not sure I included this on your notes. Matthew 8 and 12, 2 Peter chapter 2, various and sundry other passages that mention the darkness, that place of eternal separation, darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know one thing that I know, Brother Patrick, one thing that I know about people, about what happens when people preach on hell? It makes people nervous. It ought to make you nervous. If I thought I was going to spend eternity separated from God in a dark place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, that would make me nervous. Let me tell you something. I get nervous sitting in the dentist office out in the waiting room and I hear that drill in the other room. And that's not for eternity. And he has lights in there. And although he works on my teeth, I usually don't gnash them at him. (laughs) That would make me nervous. This really kind of lays the foundation for what I felt impressed to talk to you about this morning. And I'm already at study note number four. At this pace, we'll be out of here by 1.30. Listen, 
spiritually before anyone can truly appreciate the light, first they have to recognize their own darkness. Their own darkness. That's why we talk about these things. People need to know this. Beloved, it's tough talking to folks about this as long as one remains in the dark. How many of you know that it is difficult to see in the dark? Let me illustrate. Again, would you, everybody, would you just close your eyes? Close them real good and tight. Say amen when you've got them closed. Now keep them closed. And here's a question for you. Can you see me? You probably already forgot what I look like. In case you did, I'm a good-looking hunk of preacher up in here. That's what I'm talking about. Now you can open your eyes again. Isn't it difficult to see in the dark? Yeah, that's physically spiritually it's difficult as well mr barnes in his very fine commentary says this darkness is the emblem symbol representation of ignorance iniquity which is really personal sin error superstition he adds whatever is opposite to truth and piety that is darkness Again, John talks about this. I'm back in chapter 1, verse number 5. Look at what he says. The light shines in the darkness. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness among the unrighteous, among the sinful. But the darkness has not understood it. I may paraphrase that just a little bit and suggest to you that it's more so that the darkness will not understand. Now, let me take you briefly back to John's summation in chapter 3. And I want you to look at verse 19 again because it reflects what he says here in verse 5 of chapter 1. Light has come into the world. Aren't you glad of that? But listen to this. But men loved darkness instead of light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Men are said here to love darkness more than they do light. Isn't that fascinating? What's up with that? Again, another author has said it this way, this shows forth with them being better pleased with error than truth, with sin than holiness, with Satan than Christ. Church, isn't it true in such cases these individuals love darkness more? Indeed it is. Fill in number five with me on your notes, and then I want to show you something with number five. Beloved, persons are, persons who are wicked prefer false doctrine and error to the truth. Let me say that to you another way, and you can doctor this up on your notes if you would so desire. Persons that prefer false doctrine and error to the truth, are wicked. Very few people you talk to will admit to you that they are wicked. But according to the Word of God, beloved, those who would prefer false doctrine and error over God's truth, that's exactly what they are. Now, wicked doesn't always appear wicked. In fact, the, the enemy of our soul, God's enemy, Satan, appears as an angel of light. What does that mean? He looks like the light, an angel of light. He can appear that way if you do not know better. 
Can I ask you this morning, what about you? Do you embrace error more than truth? Romans chapter 1 talks about that. Those who exchange the truth of God for a lie. It's all about us today. Listen to me, new life. Those that I am responsible for to, to bring the word. That's all around us today. You don't have to look 15 feet to find it. Are you more apt to embrace sin than holiness? Pastor, my grandma was holiness. I don't want to go there. If your grandma was holiness, I bet you want to go to the heaven she's headed to. Huh? Be ye holy even as I am holy. What do you embrace, sin or holy? Are you one of these that makes an excuse for sin or are you trying to embrace a lifestyle of holiness? I move on. The Pharisees. You remember the Pharisees? Boy, they were a piece of work. We still have Pharisees. Did you know that? They attempted to concoct their own system of light. Watch this. They attempted to concoct their own system of light. And amid their what amounted to false doctrines and superstitions, they attempted to convince other people that they had great zeal for God. Watch. When you're chasing your own thing and you're chasing some concocted system, Beloved, you're not, that's not zeal for God. That's the, the complete opposite. In actuality, the Pharisees, uh, they, it, their actions further serve to drive the light away or drive them away from the light and keep them in the dark. They thought they were all of that and a bag of chips, and they were about as dark as they could be dark or as it can be dark. Mr. Poole says they preferred, chose, and adhered to their ignorance and errors. You know, since we have this, somebody tell me what I'm talking about, which I believe is the Word of God. I'm going to believe it until I pass away as long as I'm in my right mind. The Bible is the Word of God. We have this. It tells us everything we need to know about God Almighty. Everything we need to know and how we need to live in order to experience a holy life and how to live in order to experience eternal life. So I said that to say this. There really is no excuse for people being ignorant, right? Pastor, I don't know much about the Bible. Hey, let me, let me help you here. Read it. Read it. How many of you know? That's not going to do me a whole lot of good over there. And I'm over here doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. And I just illustrated a lot of people in church today. They're doing their thing. And they believe in the Word, and they own a copy. It's over yonder. Are you with me? Listen, that's, that's not how you do it. You have to read this thing. Reading is work. Did you know that? I'm not a recreational reader. I read all the time. I've got books you wouldn't believe. I read all the time. It's hard work. I told you that to tell you this. Reading academically is one thing. Reading the Word of God is ten times harder. 
than reading academically because there's spiritual warfare involved in it. Why come I can read Sports Illustrated and blah, 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 but when I pick up the Bible, something happens? Hello? There's spiritual warfare involved. You're going to have to make. I don't have time for that, preacher. Neither do I. Chasing all y'all around, taking care of all your pastoral needs. I'll never get the Bible read. Unless sometimes I just say, I'm going to the Dick and Willie. Or I'm going to lock myself in my office. Or I'm going to drive off in my Nissan Frontier and park somewhere. And you see me out there thinking, what's Pastor Terry doing parked out here? I'm reading my Bible. Whoo, that was a little, I won't charge you for that. That was a little extra. That wasn't in the notes right there. Y'all getting some bonus material today. Let me see. Let me get back here and see if I can wrap this up. Wouldn't that be a good idea? This has long puzzled me, what I'm about to tell you. And I'm going to John 3 and 20. We read, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light. Now, again, if you listen to the news at all or any or observe it about what's going on in the world around us, this describes our world to a T. Beloved, not only are they weak and ignorant persons just stumbling along in the darkness, but the Word of God is true. They hate the light. Hate it. Hate the light. They will run from anything and everything that has the name of Jesus on it. You can talk about church and religion and even the Bible. You can talk about that all day. But when you bring up the J word in a conversation, suddenly you get this old boogity, 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 boogity thing. I got to go. Why is that? Why is that? Here's what puzzles me. The latter part of John 3.20 says, the they will not come into the light for fear that his or that their deeds will be exposed. Rut row. Bill in number six with me. The sin principle at work in the heart of man will prompt him to resist the one thing that can set him free. I'm trying to help somebody. It'll prompt you to resist the one thing that can set you free. Listen, that's how evil works. However, there's a but. Look in John 3 and verse 21. After that verse about people hating evil, or, or the, those who do evil hate the light and won't come into the light, it's followed up by verse 21. I love this. It says, but whoever, somebody say whoever. Whoever lives by the truth, that could be you. Whoever, I'm a whoever, you're a whoever. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Watch this. They expose themselves to the light. They expose themselves to the light. Why? He tells you. So that it may be seen plainly that what he has done Confession, repentance in particular, has been done through God, through God's light, Jesus Christ. 
Now, with that, I want you to just hurriedly go over to 1 John. Not St. John, but 1 John. Little John. You go to Revelation, back up to Jude, 3rd, 2nd, 1 John. There it is. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this. God is light. And we know that Jesus is the representation of that. God become flesh. God incarnate. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. Man, I like that. Back home, we'd say there's no darkness at all. None at all. Beloved, it's true. Jesus Christ is God's light sent down to earth to pierce through the darkness. Whose darkness? My dark darkness, your darkness, their darkness, whoever it is that may be walking in darkness. And I want you to understand this. And we're getting ready to wrap this up here in just a moment. I just flipped the landing gear switch, so you hang on. Beloved, the light, the light will expose. It will expose. And it's humbling when that happens. Don't you hate it when you get exposed? Hmm? It's humbling. It's often humiliating. Humiliating. Frequently embarrassing. It is. Watch this. Always liberating. Liberating. When you expose yourself to the light and it exposes the darkness and eliminates the darkness and overwhelms one's soul with God's light, it is liberating. Listen to John chapter 12. Later on, John says this, verse 46 of chapter 12, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Hallelujah. According to the Apostle Paul, and this is somewhere around number 7 on your notes, those who are light chasers, perhaps we would call them Christians, you have to be careful about that nowadays, but beloved, according to Paul, such ones have passed from darkness into light. Pastor Terry, where'd you get that? Ephesians 5 and 8. Look at the screen. Look it up in your word. The New Living Translation says it this way. For once you were full of darkness. I can say this to every man, woman, boy, and girl sitting before me or listening to me this morning. At some point in time, you were, I was full of darkness. But now, he adds, you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. Hallelujah. I like that. Jesus declared that those who believe in the light, those who flip the switch, become sons and daughters of the light. Listen to verse 36 of John 12. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. That can be you. How y'all doing out there this morning? Have you become a child of the light? Had the darkness taken care of? Here's some really good news. The last thing on your notes, and we're going to wrap this up very shortly. Beloved, we believers, those who are in Christ, part of the forever family of God, we can become a source. Source is not a real good word ultimately, but we can become a conduit of light for those in our own web of influence. And I want to challenge you with that, church. By showing forth the love of God, we can be a source of light for others. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse 8. 
Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him, look at this, and in you. Not just in Him, and in you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. You got some of that going on in your heart? Oh, Sister Lulu did something to me 20 years ago. Preacher, you know how I am. I'll never forgive them. You've got a problem. You've got a problem. Anyone that hates his brother or sister is still in the darkness. You've got a dark problem. You can't see where you're going. Oh, I, I signed the paper back in 1913. I'm going to heaven. Now, you, you're going somewhere. But listen, beloved, the Word says if you hate your brother or sister, you're still in the darkness. Verse 10, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. And there's nothing in them to make them stumble. How do we know people are living in the light? What's it say right there? Love. Look at that again. Anybody that loves their brother and sister lives in the light. It's not just talking about your biological brother or sister, your siblings. It's talking about the brothers and sisters, the members of the forever family of God and everyone else as far as that goes. Other scriptures bear that out. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going. Because the darkness has blinded them. And where are they going? They're going to that place of separation from God. That's where they're going. Don't even know it. An awful, eternal hell. And I can't imagine anybody being happy about that or anybody being happy about the fact that somebody is headed toward that awful, terrible place of eternal separation from God. Let me give you a couple of bullet points to think about. God's light and truth carry spiritual awakening to darkened hearts. Is there anybody in your world that has a darkened heart? Someone you work with? Young people that you go to school with? Family members of yours? They're, they're living, walking in the dark? Take the light to them. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. One writer says, the nature of light is to shine, and darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. Now, don't be surprised when you let your light shine. And sometimes people turn and go the other way when they see your light coming. Okay? Why? Because they love their darkness. I don't want to get around him. He'll shine on my darkness. I like my darkness. But don't be surprised. But at the end of the day, keep on letting your light shine. Why? Because that's what they need. They need to be exposed, need their darkness exposed, need to hear the gospel message, need to know that whosoever, not just us, aren't you glad it's not just us hundred so people that's going to heaven? Oh, boy, that'd be a hoot, wouldn't it? All of us flying around the universe forever and ever and ever. We'd probably never see each other. Tell them. Are you living in the light? Living in the light? If not, you can be. 
And I want to give you an opportunity to get started with that this morning. I want to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're not going to sing. We're not going to stand. And I'm not going to belabor this. But it's a, a convicting, sobering message that requires our attention. But listen to me. I know some of you are like myself. You have to process things. You may be thinking, preacher, i got to think about this. Yeah, I've got to get in my man cave or my woman closet, whatever the case might be, and I've got to, I've got to think about this. That's okay, because I pray for you too this morning, that you wouldn't just think about it, but that you'd make a decision for Christ. Realize that you need to expose your darkness, if indeed you're in darkness. Let it be exposed by the light. And dispelled by the light. Be encouraged to be born again, born anew of the Spirit. And know Jesus and live for Jesus. Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up right there. And let me do so by asking you this. Are you walking in the light? Have you discovered the light, which is Jesus? Have you invited Him into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior? And are you walking uh, according to the ways of Jesus? Jesus has made the statement that if we love Him, we'll keep His commands. A lot of people say they love Him, but they're not keeping His commands. What about you? I want to be an encouragement to you to walk in that light. And not only that, but realize that as you live out the light, you can be a conduit, you can be a flow for God's light uh, to be shed abroad in the lives of other people, your family members, your loved ones, your work associates, those of you that are still involved in the school system. Oh, what an opportunity you have every, every day to make contact with hundreds of people, an opportunity that you probably won't have after your education. A lot of people never think of that, but it's a tremendous opportunity. I want to be an encouragement to you to let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Make sure you know Jesus, that you're in a right relationship with Him, and then be determined that you're going to let your light shine. That doesn't mean that you're perfect. doesn't mean you won't make mistakes, that you won't do some goofy things every now and then but purpose to be consistent in seeking that light and letting that light flow through you. Let me pray to that extent. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, and I pray in Jesus' name that as we have received the light, which is Jesus, that we would open up the floodgates, as it were, and just let it flow into the lives of others. Give us those divine opportunities, those divine appointments this week, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, before I get out of here, let me remind you that uh, we do have a regular schedule of activities here at New Life, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Also, our midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7, something for nearly every member of the family. And if uh, you're listening by way of YouTube and you haven't clicked on that little icon down there in the corner yet, can I encourage you to do that? Uh, like and share these videos. It will help us to get the word out. That's why we do what we do, and that's why we do it the way that we do it. Again, just click on that little button, and it will advise you every time we pop up on YouTube. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I'm wishing you a great week. And, and uh, can I encourage you, my friends? 
My teeth just aren't cooperating with me tonight. Be encouraged to know that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?